are listening to The Mousecapades Podcast, sponsored by Two Tickets to Paradise.net. It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories and in just as many smiles remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams, have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show. Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mouse. Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. In today's episode, episode 9 of the Mousecapades Podcast with Nick and Dave, we're going to be discussing some interesting facts surrounding the Disney parks, including employee facts, just typical resort facts, and some things in between. This will be the place where some of your hardcore Disney fans will know some of these and hopefully we'll bring some new stuff to you today. Yeah, some of these uh, facts, Dave, you know, I've already, I knew some of them already and some of them I did not know. Some of them are pretty interesting and I cannot wait to read off some of these facts and, and bounce them off of you and our listeners to see what we have, to, you know, see what they have to say and what you have to say as well. So this should be fun. It's going to be good times, but let's first, let's talk about what's in the news this week. All right, in the news. Dave, in an earlier episode, we talked about Disney Paint the Night Parade at Disneyland Resort. Do you remember this? Yeah, it sounded interesting. Yeah, so during the Disneyland Resort Diamond Celebration, uh, basically, it's going to be a pretty cool glow-in-the-dark kind of parade spectacular thing going on here. And they're bringing in some of uh, some of the cool cartoons like Monsters, Inc., Little Mermaid, and things like that. You know what? It's best that I just go ahead and roll the clip on the Disney Paint the Night Parade. the 60th anniversary of the Disneyland Resort, we're going to have a diamond celebration. We're coming in with a brand new parade called Paint the Night that uh, I truly will knock your socks off. We've gone out and found some of the newest lighting techniques um, anybody's ever seen around the world and really started to paint with it. So you're going to see friends like Tinkerbell and Monsters Incorporated, Toy Story, Little Mermaid, and even Frozen. And it's really going to make kids' eyes pop. 
The finale features Mickey Mouse, uh, who else but the, you know, the, the magic maker of all time and all of his friends. And what's going to be really fun is that Mickey has this beautiful light machine behind him that basically sends light, you know, shooting out into the universe as he kind of conjures all the magic and all the paint and brings it all to life in this one final beautiful piece of sculpture that ends the parade. It's spectacular. I mean, it's something like no one has ever seen before. So as you can see, that's pretty. That's going to be a pretty cool parade at Disneyland. Yeah, I'm going to have to get back out there and see that. Definitely, man. It's going to be pretty sweet. We do have some changes coming to uh, the Disney Dream this fall. Have you been on the Disney Dream, Dave? I have not. My daughter is scared to go on it, so I keep trying to convince her. I have yet to be on a Disney cruise, and that's just one thing that my wife and I want to check off on our list. But check this out. They're adding uh, some new rooms to the Disney Dream. You're going to love this, Dave. The got? Millennium Falcon has come into the Disney Dream. Oh, sweet. Pretty cool. So let the force begin for all you chillins out there. The Millennium Falcon is actually coming to the Disney Dream. I'm looking at pictures right now, Dave, and it looks pretty sweet. I see some kiddos in Jedi outfits and some Jedi masters walking around inside the Millennium Falcon, and it looks just pretty cool, man. Have you seen pictures of it online? No, I have not. I wonder, if do they have the ceiling rigged up so that when you go to sleep, it's like you're going into hyperspace? No, but there is a section. <laughs> no, there is a section of the front of the Millennium Falcon, uh, you know, in the movies where, they, where they're flying the Millennium Falcon in the, in the pilot seat. It actually does look like you're going into hyperspace. It's pretty slick. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. So the kids can, they can join the Rebel Alliance in an epic battle, you know, good versus evil. So they got that going on there, which is pretty cool. They also have a sweet shop coming to the same boat. And this is pretty cool because I've been wanting Disney to do this for quite some time. Sugar Rush is coming to the Disney Dream. That is a, something you've been talking about that for a I while. I have been. I've been saying that Disney needs to incorporate Wreck-It Ralph somewhere, and this is just a little slice of the pie. So they're adding a Sugar Rush theme to it, and uh, they're adding a candy shop, which it looks pretty sweet. No pun intended. <laughs> awesome. It's going to be called Vanilla Peas Sweets and Treats, Dave. Resembling the whimsical candy land of Sugar Rush Race Car Game in Wreck-It Ralph. Nice! They're also bringing on the Bibbidi Boppity Boutique that will be coming to Deck 5, which is pretty cool. That's a magical makeover saloon for princesses and pirates. So that's, that's pretty neat. I can't believe that that's not already there. That's been at the parks forever. Yeah, it says now that it's, it's finally coming to Deck 5, so cool. they're going to be adding it. What else you have for us? Okay, so Walt Disney's offering... Uh, free dining and there's a list of two dates for the free dining coming up here shortly monday april 27th of this year if you're a disney visa card holder you get free dining for the day and also friday may 1st of this year free dining just for the general public so that's pretty cool you know that disney's going out of their way to offer that guess who's got a disney visa card this guy. How about That's you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> you do as well, I know. There are no other details, Dave, available at the moment, right? But uh, these are just the two dates that will be discounted um, that will be available. So let's give me a heads up there, listeners. What do I have? Oh, oh, yeah. I also want to talk about um, the Sounds Like Summer uh, concert series at Epcot. You know, I've been reading, I've been reading a bit on this because I'm actually going to be down there while this is going to be going on. It's going to be happening June 7th through July 19th. And Dave, while I'm down there, they're going to have a tribute band to U2, which is pretty cool. It's one of my wife's favorite bands. I'm not as a big fan uh, of U2 as my wife, but I'm sure it's going to sound pretty cool. Here's the lineup. 
June 7th through the 13th. There's a tribute to Journey, June 14th through the 20th. You've got the U2 band there as well. June 21st through the 22nd, you have a tribute band to Billy Joel. June 27th through July 4th, a tribute band to Boston. Awesome. July 5th through the 11th, a tribute band to Pat uh, Benatar. The 12th through the 18th, we have a tribute band to the Bee Gees. And July 19th to the 25th, Hotel California with a salute to the Eagles. I didn't want to get too far ahead of the episode, Nick, but speaking of U2, did you know U2 was actually the first choice for the rock and roller coaster? I did know that, and they politely declined, which led to Aerosmith signing on. I think I would have liked U2 better. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it would have worked. It probably would have, but... uh, Aerosmith is a pretty cool band as well. So let's move on. Let's uh, take it over, Dave. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. Here we go. We're rounding out April, Nick. This week in Disney history, starting off with April 26, 2004. This is kind of crazy to me. Michael Eisner made Forbes lists of worst CEOs in America. Really? Worst. Well, I know people either loved him or hated him. I was in the category of loving the man. He did some good things for the Walt Disney Company. Was there any reasons uh, given as to why? I'm sure if you read the article, but... Who has time for that? (laughs) Who has time time for that? That's right. So, moving on to April 27th, 2001. This is kind of a mystery to me. Disneyland's Rocket Rides was closed forever. Now, this ride was put into refurbishment in the fall of September 2000, and the whole time the public was thinking that the the ride was going to be getting a refurbishment, reopening up in the spring of 2001, but finally it was announced that this ride was closing for good on April 27, 2001. And what I think is kind of weird about this is that the last time I visited Disneyland, you could still see the track and basically the whole ride for Rocket Rides, which was basically like... The, the people move a ride at a higher higher speed. Right. And you could totally see it like winds through Tomorrowland at, at Disneyland, and you can totally see the whole ride still pretty much there for the most part. Uh, the, the load area was probably taken down. I think that was actually inside of the area in Tomorrowland. Um, but this ride was, I mean, it looks like you could open it up tomorrow if you could recreate the queue for it. That sounds very interesting, Dave. Moving on to April 28, 1997. Another interesting little fact about Disney. You know, our show is filled with interesting facts today, and this one's kind of interesting to me, that how could you make a mistake this big if you are in charge of Disney World? This date, April 28, 1997, the restaurant inside of Cinderella's Castle was renamed from King Stephen's Banquet Hall to Cinderella's Royal Table. Now, the thing about that is this is obviously Cinderella's Castle. King Stephen was the king from Sleeping Beauty. Right. So he wasn't even the king from Cinderella. So how could you how could you name the restaurant that name if you know your stuff? It's just kind of a weird thing to me. That is weird. You think um that I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. A uh, pretty important day here, April 29th, 1994. Not so much the year. Actually, well, actually that was a good year for me because I graduated high school that year, but April 29th, that's this guy's birthday. So wait. <laughs> awesome. So it's coming up. Yep. All right, you going to have your kids buy you donuts? They all are going to be required to bring me a present. Nice. 
So this day, April 29th, 1994, was the first phase of the uh, All-Star Sports Resort opening up. It was called Surf's Up, and it opened up. Of course, there were other parts of the All-Star Sports Resort that opened up later, but there's going to be 10 buildings in all. But this was the first phase that opened on April 29th, 1994. Very nice. You ever stay at All-Star Sports? I have not. My parents have. They've been there a couple times, I believe. Um, I've always told Aaron if we head out there without the kiddo just to save on money, that's going to be the place that we're going to stay if it's just going to be the two of us. Yeah, and when we went value, we usually go to Pop Century. We thought that was pretty cool. So Right. April 30th, 1952. Now, this day is not so much Disney until you get to the end of this. This was the day that Mr. Potato Head was actually introduced to the public. 1952. And it says over a million kits are sold uh, in its first year, but that really isn't Disney history until you get into the Toy Story years. And then we learn later that at the Disney parks, the Mr. Potato Head audio animatronic is the most technologically advanced audio animatronic that Disney has ever put out. Yeah, it is super cool. If you haven't seen it, listeners, go out there and see it. That is pretty wild. It's pretty sick. It's awesome. So April 30th was the first introduction to Mr. Potato Head, the toy. Love it. (laughs) Rolling into May. We're in May already. May 1st, 1940. You know what that means, Dave. What's up? We have 19 days left of school. Holla. Dude, we're in the teens. May 1st, 1940. Before you and I were a glimpse in anybody's eye, Nick. Uh, Walter E. Disney of Los Angeles receives a patent for the multiplane art of animation camera. Which is a slick innovation. I've uh, replicated that for my own little setup in my house where I do animation, and that thing is awesome. Listeners, go on Google, Google it, learn about it. Pretty cool invention in its time. Yeah, so this multiplane camera allowed for more realistic three-dimensional images and kind of gave depth to animation. So Disney put it up to seven layers of artwork that was painted on glass with oil paints and shot with a movable camera that moved vertically. Yeah, mine's only six planes, so I'm not as cool. Seriously? Six? Yeah, it's six. Wow, that's nice. Yeah, but it's not as tall as the house, though. Like I think the original one yeah, was. Yeah. It's a, that's a condensed version with an iPad. With an iPad. <laughs> yeah, that's the camera. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to cheat and do two things on May 1st because it was kind of cool. I knew you'd like that last one. But also in 1989 on May 1st, that was the grand opening of Disney MGM Studios theme park. I had to say that. You're all good, man. Moving up in the world, May 2nd, 1964. Speaking of secrets about Disney, Nick, 1964 was the big year with the World's Fair. We've talked frequently about the 1964 World's Fair on this show, but there was a problem with one of the four pavilions that Disney was bringing to the 64 World's Fair, and that was the great moments with Mr. Lincoln Pavilion, right? which was sponsored by the state of Illinois. Uh, There was a lot of problems with it, and it actually did not open up at the same time as all the other pavilions at the World's Fair. Uh, Disney had to kind of send a letter out to the people running the show saying, this isn't ready, but I promise that it will be ready. Uh, May 2nd, 1964, this pavilion actually finally opened up. Great moments with Mr. Lincoln after weeks of technical problems, it says. And that rounds out our week for Disney history. What if you could travel like a rock star for pennies on the dollar? What if you could earn an unlimited number of $1,000 bonuses for showing others how to do the same? What if we could show you how to become completely financially free in the most exciting, sexy, fun business on the planet? Perfect, because we have all of that with a brand new company that just launched. 
A company with proven management, unique and documented technology, and perfect timing. A product that everybody wants and even dreams about. And a compensation plan that pays out better than anything in the industry. It's called Surge 365. Find out how you can be a part of something big and make your travel and financial dreams come true. Timing is everything and positioning is vital. It's your time. Let's go. Mousecapade friends, I just want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are now on episode nine and I couldn't be happier, Dave. Seems like yesterday we were on number two. <laughs> it actually was, Dave. <laughs> okay, my fault. <laughs> no. no, I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, a lot of you uh, have left great reviews on iTunes and, and in other forums, and we both really do appreciate it. Please keep them coming on iTunes. I know we still our goal is to still meet the new and noteworthy on iTunes, and we still want to reach it. So, listeners, go in and please leave a great review for the Mousecapades podcast. So, again... Thank you very much from deep within our hearts. We just want to say thank you so much. We did say earlier that we're going to talk about some secrets and some facts surrounding the parks, surrounding the employees of Walt Disney World. And so I'm going to kick us off, Dave, with one of them. And I know you already know this one, okay? But it's just I have to say it because I'm fascinated with it. I can't wait to go this summer and try this stuff out when I go to the Be Our Guest restaurant. And of course, I am talking about, my friend, the gray stuff. At the Be Our Guest restaurant, Dave, there's a secret dessert that is not on the menu, which is mentioned in the song by the same name on Beauty and the Beast. The gray stuff is delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. I had to say it. So So that's not even on the menu there? Apparently not. I did a quick search on uh, the Disney dining menu, you know? Yeah. I I couldn't find it. They have to have that on I their couldn't, menu. I couldn't find it. All right, listeners, tell us if they do or they don't. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Liar, liar, pants on fire. That's crazy. I don't I know. I couldn't find it, dude. So, right. okay. What do you got for us? Well, did you know that Disney World has only closed three times in the whole history since it has opened? I remember you talking about that a long time ago, but shoot us with the dates. All right. So, park opened in 1971. Hurricane Floyd happened in 1999, so they had to evacuate at that date, so they closed the park. And 9-11 would be the second time, 9-11 in 2001, the park was closed. Uh, It closed, and in 30 minutes, they had everybody evacuated out of the park. So that's pretty impressive to have that many people on rides and stores, everything. In 30 minutes, everybody was gone. And in 2002, there was a power failure they had to close down for. So those are the only three times the park has ever closed down. All right, so here you go, Dave. You know, UCLA has been very influential with the Disney company, right? With the animators and everything else in, in, uh, in, the, in the 80s, in the early 90s, bringing those animators in. Right. When the Pirates of the Caribbean was first being built in 1967, the Imagineers were unimpressed with the false skeletons that were placed around in the ride. So what they did with UCLA's help from their medical school they were able to actually place real human skeletons in the ride. How cool is that? That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I remember hearing that the skeleton, the skull in the bed in that one scene is real. But yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> you, know, you bring up a good point. Most have actually been removed since then, though the skull and the crossbones on uh, the headboard are still human, apparently. Creepy. 
I think that's awesome. False. So I wonder where I can go to sign up to have my skeleton donated to the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. <laughs> put it in your will. I don't know, man. You have to know you know, how does that work? You put that yeah. in your will? <laughs> <laughs> right. Gotta have- um, so if that's false or true, I don't know. We, w- we wouldn't know unless he got off the boat, and they're going to know that anyway. Right. But um, unless he got off and checked the, checked the skull. I just think that's creepy and awesome. That is cool. So stick with Pirates of the Caribbean over on the East Coast, though. An Imagineer named George was killed during the Pirates of the Caribbean in its early years. And to this day, at night, when the workers actually close the ride up for the evening, they have to say, good night, George, because they're so superstitious. And if they don't say good night, George, the next day will have miserable shutdowns for the ride. So uh, this is a story that I have heard on other podcasts um, through cast member interviews. It's true. So uh, I did not know the whole story behind Goodnight George, and, and so I, I looked it up, and sure enough, it's true. A worker that was killed. Yeah, and I want to do a podcast on that, and you know this, Yep. of George. You know, talking to former cast members or current cast members, why do they still do it, you know? I want to bring in that paranormal, ghostly feel, and you know I've been really wanting to do an episode surrounding this. Okay, so I... I'm going to take you to Main Street. When the park first opens, if you go to the Main Street station, did you know if you ask for a reservation to sit uh, in the Lily Bell train car? That's, you know, that's the luxurious car, right? Named after Walt's wife. Excuse me, Walt, miss. She's smoking. She sure is. They'll yeah. actually let you sit in it. It's pretty cool. I've seen pictures of it, and it looks freaking amazing. It's awesome. Hmm. What's yeah. so special about it? Ah, oh, dude, it's red carpet all over the place and gold really? trim, and I mean, it looks like something out of—I don't know—the Titanic. It, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's very elegant. Nice. Of course, I could see my kid running around screaming and kicking everything. Yeah, I was to say it probably isn't as elegant as when she actually rode on it. Here's one that I didn't know, Nick. You ever ride the Finding Nemo ride at the Epcot? Of course. All right. So I did not know this because that ride's so cool. How they get all the different characters to swim around with the real animals in the aquarium that's in the backdrop. I did not know that's the same technology that they, that they use in the Haunted Mansion to make the ghosts dance around in the ballroom. What an astonishing really? scientific yeah. discovery we got. Okay. Old school technology making new appearances. Awesome. Well, did you know that the lamp in the window on, in Main Street Square used to be lit when Walt Disney visited the park? But after his death, the light has always remained on because Walt is always in the park in spirit. Yeah, and that's out at Disneyland, right? Yes. So, uh, after his death, every once in a while, family members would stay in that same suite and uh, you would see the light come on. But like you said, they keep it on at night now and that's that's one of those things where, you know, those Disney fans, they they flock to that area just to see the light go, you know, to see the light on at night, just to know that Uncle Walt's still watching over us. Okay, it's my turn. Let's go to uh, Liberty Square and Disney World. I did not know this one. The Liberty Square tree, first of all, I learned that that tree was on the Disney property. And when they built the park, they they uprooted this tree and brought it to Liberty Square and replanted it. Uh, they actually drilled a hole through the middle of the tree and pulled it out of the ground that way. It needs fixing, and I'm the fella to fix it. And... From that square, from that Liberty tree, that Liberty Oak, they have planted over 500 oak trees. Holy shnikes, I'm shocked they didn't kill the tree. 
Yeah, it's really weird. You know, nowadays they come in with those huge scoops and just grab the thing from underneath and not right. this one. Just plow right through it. Guess they didn't have the technology back then. Yeah. All right. So, okay. So check this out. The Jungle Cruise is one of the coolest rides, in my opinion, at Disney World and Disneyland. When you are finished with the ride, if you go up to someone who works there and ask for a free map of the cruise, you can actually get a little keepsake. Really? Apparently, I'm going to test to see if the if this is true or not and find out this summer. They'll just give you a park map. Yeah, watch, <laughs> watch it be a park map. Be like, yeah, I see this body of water here. That's where you're at. You're in Adventureland. Don't you know, silly? Hey, Nick, you ever been at Disney World and need a pair of glasses? No, my eyesight is perfect. Thank you very much. Let me try that again. Hey, Nick, have you ever been in any of the parks before and needed a pair of sunglasses? Yes, actually. Go to Lost and Found. They say over 200 pair of sunglasses are brought into the Lost and Found every day at Disney World. Holy shnikes, you don't actually have to describe, though, the sunglasses. I guess Just all you have to say they're black. Yeah, I lost my Ray-Bans. I lost my Ray-Bans. There you go. <laughs> Those are mine right there. I'm going to try that. <laughs> get a free map and get and, and then go get your sunglasses. Free maps. You can see it in the sun because you have your sunglasses on. Awesome. Okay, so this is pretty cool. The Cinderella Fountain. If you look at it, from the perspective of an adult, the Cinderella Fountain seems very sad. She's looking down at the animals and her face is hidden. From the lower perspective of a child, though... You can see that she's actually happy and that the crown sits on her head. This is the one that's right by the castle, right? Yes. I think they have a drinking fountain situated right underneath of it so that even adults can get down on that kid level and kind of look up at it and see what it's like. So it's pretty cool. All right. What do you got for us, Dave? Mm, I'm searching. Here's one I didn't know, and I consider myself to be a pretty big space nut. I did not know that the Mission Space ride at Epcot requires more computer power to operate than NASA's real space shuttle. Commander Mouse, you are clear for re-entry. Roger. See you back on Earth. Yeah, I saw that, and I found that very fascinating. I mean, that just blew my mind away. The fact that a ride takes more computing power to actually leave this planet... And orbit the Earth. I find that amazing. Takes more computer power, just lacks a little bit of liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, that's one of those things where you always hear from people, oh, well, the, um, the Apollo landers, they had less computing power than your average everyday calculator these days. Yeah, yeah, and your average cell phone's more powerful than a 1940s battleship. Right, so that's just another one of those things that they use for comparisons. How many hidden Mickeys are there all over the parks, Dave? I would say over a thousand. You're close. They're a little over 800. Ooh. Oh, that's one of our favorite things to do. Yeah. So what have you gotten up to? We never count. We just always look them up. I mean, I'm always on my cell phone trying to find where the different hidden Mickeys are in all of the different portions of the park while we're standing in line. Because when you're standing in line, that's just... Like, that's the first thing we do. We stand in line, and then we start looking up. Where are the hidden Mickeys here? And then we, like, we kind of quiz ourselves before the ride starts so that when the ride, when we're in the ride, we can actually find them throughout the ride also. But there's a lot of them that are hidden out throughout the queue, too. So uh, right. we do that. And then if, they're, if we're all standing in line and there's one in that area, just like, you know, out in the middle of the common area, then one of us will hop out of line and go try and find it. 
So that's just a way to keep keep ourselves busy while we wait in line. All right, what do you whoever, got? Whoever came up with that, by the way, is a genius. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I have one for you here. This is something I've never done. I'm going to try it this summer. Visit the hat shop in, at the Magic Kingdom on Main Street, and you'll see an old payphone on the wall. If you pick up the receiver on this payphone, you'll actually hear people talking on this phone as if they were having a conversation. That's meant to be kind of uh, a shout back to the time when people had communal phones where you had one line for several several places. Uh, it's just another one of those throwbacks to, to Main Street USA where you can hear these people actually having a conversation. I've actually done that, Dave, and we were my wife and I were waiting to have Colin's name awarded on his uh, mouse ears. Right. And I w- walked over to the wall and I saw the phone there, and I knew that, you know, Disney, when they say don't do something or they put something in plain sight, they want you to, to interact with whatever may be there on purpose. So I walked over to the phone, and my wife knew exactly what I was going to do before I got there, and she even kind of told me uh, under her breath, but high enough for me to hear her across the room, don't touch that, you're really not going to grab that, are you? And I did, I embarrassed her, and she told me to hang up, put it back, and I figured I'll just put it up to my ear. See, I didn't know about this, and I figured I'd just put it up to my ear, guessing that Disney probably did something here. And it was, it was pretty cool, You're you're on a party line. Uh, nice. Listening to conversations going on between two families and someone else jumps on it. It's pretty neat. All right, so I'm going to jump in on that also because I read this book this summer and it talked about that kind of stuff. There's another place that you can go on Main Street, and I'm not exactly sure where it is because I can't remember. I'll have to look this one back up. But you can stand in between two buildings. If you look up on the top on the uh, second floor of some of the buildings, you'll see one of them is labeled with uh, either a dance studio or a tap dance studio or something like that. If you go stand in the alleyway between that building and its neighboring building and listen, you can actually hear someone instructing a dance class, and you'll actually hear the tapping of the dance class. Nice. Another one I'm going to check out this summer. So there are several abandoned areas of Disneyland. Did you know that? I didn't. Yeah, a former wildlife attraction in the heart of Disney World. It is rumored that Discovery Island was left to ruin wild after bacteria capable of harming humans was discovered in the surrounding water. Now, I don't know if this is the same area that I saw online on YouTube with uh, that dude that writes the book, The Dark Side of Disney. He had put a video uh, uploaded on YouTube of an area that was abandoned by Disney World, and it showed like this pool area. That looked like just a cesspool, green slime. It was disgusting. You'd see gnats and flies flying all over the place and the, the, the wildlife growing. It was out of control and it was so eerie. The music was still playing. He was, of course, in an area he shouldn't have been. Discovery Island is a real thing. I have an old book that's got photos of the different parts of Discovery Island. So that's pretty cool. I've, uh, I think I might have mentioned that on one of our old podcasts, actually. But... If you go to Google and go to Google Earth or Google Satellite and look it up, I'd say this warrants further exploration. You can still see the slides. You can still see every part of that park. It's just off to the side, I think, of um, Fort Wilderness area. Okay. And uh, it's cool. I mean, it just looks – it's a band. It's amazing how they they just stopped operation and everything is still there as if it was still operating. You know, obviously, it's all grown over and everything, but uh, – 
it's just crazy how they just say, okay, we're going to stop this, and they don't clean up. Like, it's almost like they don't clean up after themselves. It's just, boom, done. Yeah. Cut it off. It's like something happened, and they just ran, and that was it. Put walls up around it. And I think that that was totally connected with uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. Oh, okay. All right, what do you got for us? So do you decorate your house for Christmas? I personally do not. My wife does. Yeah, we put the customary lights up on the on the uh, gutters, and uh, that's pretty much it. Well, we have columns, so we run the lights down the columns. But uh, Disney does it right, of course. For their holiday light display on Main Street, they have 150 tractor trailers worth of holiday lights. Wow. Yeah, I bet they do, man. That's pretty amazing. Did you know if you ask the conductor at the Main Street station if you can ride up front on the Disney Railroad, they'll let you? Ride on the conductor's lap? Is that what you that, said? That, that, that's what it says. I mean, I'll, I'll see if this is true because, again, I'm going to go there and ask, you know, can my boy ride up front? I want and a photo it, of you sitting on it, the conductor's lap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, kid, beat it, Colin. Go to the back. I'm sitting on the conductor's lap. You go sit in the, the red carpeted uh, train car. St- stick my tongue out at him while I'm pulling the line for the whistle. Uh, anywho, no, it says here, if you ask the conductor at the Main Street Station to ride up front, that they'll let you. So it did show a picture of the conductor and someone sitting next to him. So I don't know. I'm going to try it. It'd be pretty cool to find out. All they can say is no, and I've heard that quite a bit, except for once when my wife said yes. <laughs> Here's a real quick one. Did you know that when Walt Disney World opened up, it was only $3.50 to get in? I did not know that. And parking was a quarter. Nice. So we could actually we could go every single day, Dave, and afford it on a teacher's salary. I can't even buy a Happy Meal for three seventy five nowadays. Get the uh, get the McDonald's app. You can. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Our, uh, the, my team and I every Thursday we go and you get you get a full value meal for a buck thirty nine. That is ridiculous. It's awesome. Make fun of me. It's okay. All right. So check this out. Disneyland has two main problems, buddy: rodents and cats. So after a long, hot summer's day at the park, there are many mice that love to scurry about. Did you know that cats are released and just roam free at night to eat up the mice? I did know that. I would like to know where they go during the day. I know because you do not see them. I'm, Never. I, was, I was trying to think of a time when I saw it, when I read this. I, did, I was trying to think of when we went there. And if you guys are on Twitter following us, you'll see a picture of Dave and I riding... Uh, the California Screaming Roller Coaster. I posted that up today, Dave, so pretty sweet. So go nice. check that out. Anywho, but when we were at Disneyland, I didn't see any cats. But apparently they're there, and they eat up the mice. But here's the next question. It's kind of ironic. It all started with a mouse. That's right. A place that's built upon the idea of a mouse, and here they are taking them out every night. Okay, did you know that there are several structures that are built in the Disney property that are required to be under 200 feet tall? required to be under 200 feet tall is that because what you have to have a new permit and it costs lots of money or what's up so they built uh expedition everest they built i think uh splash mountain uh several of the rides are at 199 feet tall because and when a ride when something is over or something is 200 feet tall it has to have a flashing beacon for air airplanes yeah i heard that did you know dave and listeners and the New Orleans Square area of Disneyland sits Club 33. It's a private club with a decade-long waiting list for new members. Dave, now I've been on that list for about three decades now. Seriously? 
Nah, dude. I would. Nah, dude. I would have been like zero. I'm just saying. No, I'm 30. What am I? 34 now? Yeah. So I put my name on the list when I was four years old. Fourth birthday present. Yep. To myself. Anywho, the club is the only location that offers alcohol in the park, supposedly, and its members are allowed exclusive access to areas of the park, like the wheelhouse of the Mark Twain and the engine compartments of steam trains, which I think is pretty cool. Now, why Club 33? Ask yourself that question. Why 33? Why 33? I I don't know either. I'm just asking you. But 33, you know, apparently is what the... A Mason degree or the secret Mason degree. That'd be kind of cool to look into. You know me, I'm all about the strange stories. I would love to see the comparison between Club 33 and the Mason 33 degree. Okay, I'm asking. Degree. I'm going. I'm asking you to have an answer for me by next podcast. Will do, my friend. So, Dave, inside the Matterhorn roller coaster is a hidden basketball court for the employees. Did you know this? I did know that. One day I'm going to do a 360 dunk on that thing. Well, you might be in luck because apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, it'd be kind of sweet if it was, Disney allows certain select basketball teams to go in there and practice. It's probably totally false, but it sounds slick. Do they allow pickup teams from the YMCA to get in there? Yeah, and short people that are 5'5 five, five <laughs> and just are ankle biters. And bring their trampolines with them. Yep, that's the only way I'm going to dunk. Here's one that most people know, but I didn't know the, the extent of it. Uh, most people know that Disney is built on top of a structure that's buried underground called the Utilidors, but I did not know that there are actually miles of this underground tunnel. Yeah, how many miles are there, Dave? Multiple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> did you know in Disney World, none of the shops sell gum? So if you want to chew gum, listeners, you have to bring your own. Also, Dave... There is never a trash can more than 30 steps from where you are in the parks. I read that. I'm going to test that myth out this summer. <laughs> you actually going to, are going to line up your feet. One, two. That's right. Five. Oh, shoot. I got to start over. Toe to heel. Toe to heel. Yep. All right. So All right, I have one more. I have one more. Oh, okay. 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 This is one that I that I just learned on my last trip. Uh, popular ride, Mr. Toe's Wild Ride, closed down at Disney World and was replaced. But the memory lives on. Mr. Toad has a headstone that has been moved to the graveyard outside of the Haunted Mansion. Got to look all the way back in the corner for it. I will look for it. So, speaking of the Haunted Mansion, Dave, nice segue. Despite the fact that it's highly illegal, Dave, several people have attempted to spread the ashes of deceased individuals on the Disney ride every year. Why would you do that when you could just donate your bones to the Pirates of the Caribbean? I don't know. It depends what location you want to be in, right? (laughs) At one point, the parking lots at the Magic Kingdom were named after six of the seven dwarves. There was never a dock. Why is that? that? That's because the designers thought it would be confusing for the ferry docks. People can't spell? I don't know, dude. I know, right? D-O-C-K? Yep. Apparently. The brownish windy path in Liberty Square is actually meant to represent the raw sewage that flowed down the streets of Colonial America since indoor plumbing wasn't yet invented. Yeah, that's pretty classy, and it's also fitting because there's no bathrooms in Frontierland, which is right next door to it. I did not know that. To fit the image of of that. So if you really wanted to fit the image, you just drop your pants and take a crap in a bush? Well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. All right. All right, speaking of crapping in bushes, Dave... (laughs) 
Nice segue. Yep. Did you know at the Haunted Mansion, the lawn is left to just grow out and die to match the mood of the ride? I think I might try that at my house. <laughs> just name it the Haunted Mansion ride. <laughs> I will put. I would rather put big letters that say Haunted Mansion on my front porch than cut my grass all summer. The Toy Story characters used to drop to the ground when guests yelled, Andy's coming! But they discontinued it for safety reasons. I think they probably were spending a lot of money on costumes. Yeah, and now they just say, Andy's at college. Do they really? Yes. That's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. I didn't know this, and this is pretty neat. The futuristic palm trees in Tomorrowland actually fold up at dusk and un- unfold at dawn. No, I had no idea about that. Pretty slick. Why is that? Just to simulate the... I'm not sure, but uh, I don't know how we'd find out either. I guess just at dusk, when the sun goes down, I'll stand around and watch. See if it's true. I'll text you. How'd you spend your evening at Disney World? I stood by a palm tree and stared at it. I watched the leaves close up. Yep. That's how I spent my nights. Epcot was originally designed to be a model community for more than 20,000 residents, Dave. So you can see a model of that community on the People Mover, right? Yes, you can. All right. The aquarium in the seas, it is so large that Spaceship Earth, the sphere, can fit inside of it. It's the second largest aquarium in the United States. Pretty cool. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It is. All right, moving on. I have a couple other things for you here, Dave. I thought this was really cool. Disney World produces a lot of its own energy by turning food waste into methane gas that is used as fuel to power the generators. This happens in a roundabout way, but basically the food scraps are taken by truckloads, three or four per day. To harvest power, which is located on Disney's property, where it is then put into large vats where microorganisms digest the waste, releasing methane that is pumped to nearby generators. The power is then sold to the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which then ter- turn sells the power to Disney World. Well, that, okay. The area is off limits to guests, but you can see the operation on Google Maps. And if you've ever done a run Disney race, you've run through it and you smell it. It's bad. Have we? Yeah. I, I don't remember. That was before you jumped okay. in the race. Yeah, because I jumped in at the halfway point. Was it really? Yep. Okay, if you listen to one of the episodes in, in the Be Our Guest podcast, we were on there a few years ago talking about our run Disney experience. And yeah, I was supposed to do a full and I hopped in at the relay points. Yes, because I'm lazy. All right. So did you know that Epcot has a back door? yes my friends they have a back door there's a back door entrance that connects the epcot theme park to disney's hollywood studios yeah it's through france i know i know you i know i'm just saying (laughs) you've you've walked it i have not you can travel from one park to the other by ferry boat or on foot just to give you guys a heads up i thought we were gonna go through like china or something i had to make it sound cool All right, did you know if you stay 30 minutes after the park closes, you can indulge in the magic of the Kiss Goodnight that plays every 30 minutes. It is a breathtaking display of lights on the Cinderella Castle for two minutes. Yep, I've seen it, been a part of it. And then you high-five everybody with the big hands on the way out. All right, moving on. I got some other cool things I want to talk about, Dave. 
Let's talk about some. We'll finish up with cast member rules. You want to talk about some cast member rules? I'm going to be a cast member someday, so let me hear it. All right, here you go. Some are strict and some are not, but check this out. Did you know if you are a cast member, you are never allowed to say, I don't know. That just is not in your vocabulary. If a guest asks you a question and you don't know the answer, Dave, you have to call someone to find the answer or direct them to someone else that may know the answer. So does it have to be a question about the park or can I just ask them, like, what's the capital? Anything. They cannot say, I do not know. What's the capital of the country, Georgia? There you go. They, they cannot say, I don't know. Hmm. Okay, moving on. Did you know that all facial hair on cast members has to be fully grown and neatly trimmed? Or cleanly shaven. There is no between. There's no playoff beard for the Disney cast members. Yeah, and I don't want to see that unless you're like on the Jungle Cruise. I think that's the only area where it would fit perfectly. But if, like, say, Dave, we work for Disney and we don't have a mustache or a beard, you have to literally take a vacation or a break and grow it and then come back. Then come back. And then you can have it. It's not a bad idea. I should try that out in my teaching profession. I'm going to be out for the next three weeks so that I can... Well, it's going to take more than three weeks. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be out for the next two months growing me a beard. (laughs) Yeah, we've done No Shave November, and um, we lack in that, don't we? Is Is that why Florida does not have any good hockey teams? Ooh, for you Miami fans that love the Panthers, I'm so sorry. And the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got a good team. What are you talking about, dude? All right. Did you know that cast members playing characters have to follow specific guidelines so that each autograph looks totally identical? No matter where you're at in the park, no matter how many times you go back, they have to be the exact same signature. One of my favorite things is asking the characters that don't have hands to sign autographs. It's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. Half the time they just hold up their mitts like, how am I supposed to do this, buddy? Like, sign it now. But they can't say they can't say no, so they have to do it. So catch this, dude. How tall are you, Dave? 5'11". Ooh, you cannot be a Disney princess. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> but guess what? There's good news. I can. Good for you, buddy. <laughs> You There's a height it. requirement, buddy, to be a princess. You need to be between 5'4 and 5'8. I am right in between. Perfect. Right? That's discrimination. So, <laughs> I wonder if I could grow a beard if I was a princess. All right. As long as it was fully grown when you were in costume. You cannot have visible tattoos, tongue piercings, or ear gauges. So it's just like teaching, I guess. Uh, boring, 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 boring. Let's see here. Um, boring, boring, boring. When a cast member sees trash on the ground, they actually have to bend over and pick it up. Everyone cleans up the park. And they actually are trained on how to pick things up. Yes, I was just going to get there. What's that method? Sorry, sweeping motion. Yeah, you have to scoop it, right? You have to (laughs) sweep it. All right. Dave's giving me the, let's wrap it up. It's time. I'm going to give you a couple more here real quick. I love this stuff, so I'm going to keep going. If a guest throws up, a cast member has to call it a protein spill. Ooh, I heard that they they call it something else now. Was it Code V? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's what I meant to say. It's no longer a protein spill. It's a Code V. Yeah, Code V. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Have you ever heard of someone say that, Code V, Code V? No, but I, in our school, they have the J1 and the J2 and the J99. And the J99 is what, crap your pants? I, I get confused. I don't know, dude. They should call them different letters, but... <laughs> 
Why can't they call it like uh, uh, I don't know? I'm just happy I'm not the one that has to hear those code, codes and react to them. Code PMP. Well, I I, I do all the time because I'm in first grade. Code PMP. Poop my pants. All right. <laughs> Get this. I thought this was very interesting, Dave. Walt Disney only liked to be called Walt, which is why you only see first names on employee tags. So if you're working in the same location with someone at the same area and they both share the same name, right? I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to ask someone when I get there. Apparently, you get to choose what your new name wants to be. Oh, really? I don't know. We'll find out. I'm going to ask. I do know that they only call people by their first names based on that movie, Saving Mr. Banks. It's oh. a good movie. Yeah, speaking of, did you know that if you're a cast member, you cannot point? It is very rude, and I think Chris pointed that out in a former podcast on episode five. He worked for the park and was kicked out, or he quit, actually, for not pointing with two fingers, Dave. You have to point with two fingers. Now, the rationale they give on the internet is that um, it's rude to point with one finger, and rude to other cultures to point. It's very disrespectful to point with one finger. Right. right. I don't know. Deep down inside from certain things I've also read on the side, and just my gut feeling, you know, Walt was a very heavy smoker, and he always walked around the parks, and he was photographed with a cigarette in his finger. Well, you hold a cigarette with two fingers. Those were photoshopped out of the pictures, and he's always shown with pointing with two fingers. I think that's the reason why everyone points with two fingers, and Disney doesn't want to admit it. Doubt it. Whatevs. All right, so there you go, my friends. Thanks for listening. I hope that uh, we had some interesting facts on the Disney parks. Stay tuned next week. Next week is a very special episode that's going to be released. You know as well as I do, Dave, May 4th is National Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. We're going to have a Star Wars expert, my friends, on the podcast talking about all things Star Wars. From the cartoons to the movies to the merchandise, whatever it may be, this guy knows his stuff and he's going to join us on the podcast talking about all things Star Wars on May 4th. May the 4th be with you, my friends. Stay tuned in next week's episode. Thanks for listening. Peace. See ya.